You are now listening to a Providence Community Church podcast. For more information, please visit ProvidenceTX.org. In a culture where we feel like we have none. And so this morning, we're going to continue our series in 1 Peter, uh, which is called Living Stones, Building a Spiritual House in an Unspiritual Land. And we are devoting ourselves to learning uh, the, the core gospel truths that we know and how we can apply them to our life. And so this morning, we're going to be in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 13 through 25. If you have a Bible, I encourage you to turn there with me. If you do not, there should be one located in the seat back in front of you. And if you don't have a Bible, you can call your own, please. Uh, we would love to bless you with the gift of God's word, one of the greatest gifts you can ever have. So again, we're going to be in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 13 through 25. When you get there, would you please stand with me for the reading of God's word? 1 Peter 1, 13 through 25 says this, Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in your conduct, since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. And if you call on him as father who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, Conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile, knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with precious blood, with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last times for you, for the sake of you, who through him are believers of God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for, for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart, since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and abiding word of God. For all flesh is like grass and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower fails but the word of the Lord remains forever. This is this, and this word is the good news that was preached to you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Good morning. I'm a morning person, and as I told the first service, it's really hard for me not to sing good morning to you, uh, which I know some may frustrate some of you if you're not a morning person. I wasn't always that way, but in, in uh, my current age, I am. So it's great to be with you. Uh, it's always, as we say all the time, such a joy and legitimately my favorite time of the week when those who trust in Jesus gather together to commune with the presence of God and one another. Uh, and it's my heart's desire, it's our prayer as a church that every time we get together that uh, Christ would be glorified, Christ would be put on display uh, and that our, our increased awareness of his glory and his grace and our sin as well would lead us to worship and adoration of him. So when we stand together at the end of the sermon, when we take the Lord's Supper, when we sing, uh, it's my prayer that your heart is filled with adoration for Jesus and that you would walk out of here more uh, in love with Christ than you are today. And if I haven't met you, uh, my name is Brendan. Uh, I'm an elder candidate here at Providence, and I serve as the director of Gathered Worship and Group Life. So that means really a lot of the things that happen in the sanctuary, as well as the direction and kind of the health of our, of our home groups. If you aren't in a home group, we'd love for you to be in one. You can visit the Connect booth and find one nearest you. 
So for the past couple of weeks, as Ty said, we've been walking through the book of First Peter, and we've been, we started two weeks ago talking about how we are exiles or the believers can be exiled, but we are believers. We are adopted as children of God. And then last week we talked about the unwavering joy that is found in Jesus and that is particularly found in Christ when we are able to submit our whole selves and trusting in the person and the work of Jesus. And so today we're going to be diving into holiness And uh, there's going to be a number of things that we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about what holiness is. We're going to talk about uh, holiness beginning with Jesus Christ and holiness ends with Jesus Christ as well. So before we jump into that, let's join together uh, in prayer. Uh, But I I just want to remind you that any time we come together and the word of God is preached forth, the word of God is spoken forth, it is a cosmic event. It is an event that has cosmic realities in that the creator of the universe put his word into this, into this book, into our hearts as well. And we know that his word always accomplishes its purpose and it never returns void. So we know that God is working amongst us right now. Listening to a sermon, singing a song is not a passive act, but it is active and God is working and we are working together. So let's pray. Let's surrender ourselves to the spirit of God and what he may lead us to know this morning. Lord, what else can we say but that we love you? You are the treasure of our souls. And if there's anyone in this room that struggles to see you as such, may their eyes and their hearts be opened to what is the true joy of knowing you. And Lord, as we study your word, would you illuminate it to us that we would respond in worship and obedience, living a life that is devoted to you. And so may your word, may your perfect word be sweet to our ears. And we pray because of and in the name of Jesus. Amen. So a couple of weeks ago when, uh, when I was up here to close out the series in Romans 8, I talked about what is my obsession and probably legal addiction to the show The Office. But I won't, I won't talk about that today, but I do want to talk about a different show because I feel like TV often has good analogies here. Uh, so it's a, a show from the same network, and please refrain from rolling your eyes at me. It is the show Community, just the same word as Providence Community Church, just Community. So Community was a show that ran for six seasons uh, and starred people like Chevy Chase, Ken Jong, Donald Glover, who many of you may affectionately know as Childish Gambino today. Uh, and it's a show about a local community college known as Greendale. Community College in Greendale, Colorado, and community colleges are very close to my heart because I spent way too much time at the local community college here at Lone Star, and I love Lone Star, but uh, I felt like I was kind of reliving some of my own experiences. But the show is, is it's a silly show. It's kind of slapstick, um, but it's about these seven characters that are known as the Greendale Seven, and they come together on their first day of college, and they get to know one another, and the, kind of the whole story is about them forgetting their past and realizing that they are there for one another, and that Greendale as a school, as an establishment, as crazy as it is, actually has served them very well. And so, slight spoiler, doesn't really affect that, that much if you're, in the, if you're watching it and you haven't finished it, uh, but in the sixth season, you know, as every show does, it goes through its cycle of characters, and there's a new character that comes onto the show uh, played by Paget Brewster, who also is uh, famous for her role in Criminal Minds as Apprentice. But uh, her, her character's name is Frankie Dart, Dart like a dart throw. And uh, 
they're in this, this scenario where the school board of the school is trying to shut the school down because it's just kind of a crazy place and they don't feel like it serves much value. And the episode, just to show you how silly the show is, the episode is about the school board wanting to shut the school down because there's a rumor going around that somehow this community college offered a legitimate degree to a dog. All right, so they're trying, to, they're trying to run this attack ad to say, don't go to this community college. They're so ridiculous that they actually gave a degree to a dog. And so they're going, the, uh, Frankie and Allison Bree's character, Annie, are going through these files trying to uh, bring kind of a defense, and uh, it's not looking good. And so Annie looks to Frankie and says, you know, I know what it's likely is going to happen, but what do you hope is going to happen? And uh, Frankie says this uh, outrageous line where she says, uh, oh, hope, oh, God, no, I never hope. Hope is pouting in advance. Hope is Faith's richer, brattier sister. Hope is the deformed, addict-bound, heartbreak monster offspring of entitlement and fear. My life results tripled the year I gave up hope. And I cringed because I was like, what kind of life is there without any kind of hope at all? Some of us put a lot of hope in our sports teams, a lot of hope in our family, a lot of hope in whatever you name it, our job, that the security is going to be there. My hope is that our hope is in Jesus. But I thought, man, how depressing a life it must be to not have a hope that is in Christ, but a hope at all. And, and Peter in verse 13 is pleading, saying, therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And I thought, what a statement. Set your hope Fully, not partially, not a little bit, not casually, but fully on the grace that will be revealed to you and brought to you when Christ makes himself known. So the first thing that Peter is saying is that we are to prepare our minds for action. We are to day in and day out prepare for God's return. And I had some friends uh, in my earlier ministry career that would say, uh, we, they would call this rehearsing God's goodness. Right, so reminding yourselves of God's goodness, preparing day in and day out. And you ask yourself, so what is it that you do if you have a presentation for work coming up or you have a musical performance or you have a, a football game or a sports game that you're preparing for? You rehearse your lines, you rehearse your concepts, you rehearse your plays. You bring to remembrance the things that you need to know in order to get the task done. And so what Peter is saying is day after day, remind yourselves of the goodness of God and the things that he has done sober-mindedly so that you can set your hope fully on Jesus Christ. And I want to really focus a lot on that phrase, set your hope fully on the grace that we brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So I'm going to start with my first point. My first point is that holiness starts with Jesus Christ. So holiness, as we will define it today, is to be set apart or set apartness. Because Jesus is holy, we are holy. We can set our hope fully on him because the promise that he will reveal to us himself when he returns to make all things new. Holiness starts with Christ and the work that he has done. 
Peter purposely makes the person and the work of Jesus the primary thing of focus here, the very thing that he's calling us to prepare for day after day with a sober mind. Because you see, in community, Frankie said she doesn't hope and that her life's better without it. But we're told in the scriptures here that we are to give every bit of our hope into putting our hope into the grace of Jesus Christ. And, and we're not left without instruction, right? Because you, you hear the phrase, put your hope, set your hope fully. What does that mean? So in verse 14, he starts to begin to explain what that means. And he says this, as obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it's written, you shall be holy for I am holy. And if you call on him as father who judges impartially according to each one's deeds. So if you do this, then do this. Conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile, knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. Holiness as described in this last sentence, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot, starts in the person and work of Jesus Christ. So looking at this on a daily application level, um, I have, a, I have a, a story for us, and it may be a little bit silly, but my heart and my intent is real behind, uh, behind it. So this past week, I was setting um, the set of blankets, which we call you know a pallet of blankets for my son as he sleeps uh, a lot of times on the floor on the bed next to us just because we love. We realize that as a four-year-old, he's only going to be a four-year-old for three more months and we'll never get that back. So I'm willing to put up with behavioral risks later in order to make sure that we feel good now. So uh, I'm setting up this pallet and uh, I took my contacts off and uh, I have terrible vision. So the last, last vision test I took, it was like 2950 which I think it means that when you guys who have perfect vision, bless you, uh, can see at 1,000 feet, basically. I can't see until I get to 20 feet. So I cannot read this until it's right here without my contacts. It's really, really bad. And I don't have glasses because I keep sitting on them and breaking them all the time, and so I, I don't really bother with them. So it's really not that big of a deal until moments like these where... I'm sitting down, contacts out, can't see a thing, everything's blurry, but I can see like the, the form of my son and he's saying, Daddy, read me this book. And, uh, <laughs> and so I say to him, uh, and with, with very like heartfelt honesty, I'm sorry, dude, I can't. I can't read this book for you because I already took my contacts out. And so it's true to form with Isaac, he always says, okay, but maybe when it's fixed, you could do that. So he says, maybe tomorrow when you have your contacts in, you can read this book for me. Uh, and he did that with a little bit of a sad, uh, sad tone, but I, but I was able to say, yes, like, absolutely, I'll do that. And, and I try to take these moments to steer them back to the hope that we have in Jesus. So I, I told him, yes, buddy, but you know what? One day when Jesus returns, makes all things new for us, I'm not going to have bad vision anymore. And I can see everything that I'm going to be able to see. When we started the, the, the pandemic, I had to tell him, we can't go to church because people are getting sick. But you know what, buddy? One day when Jesus comes back, no one's going to be sick anymore. And so you have these small little moments where you can redirect our own hope, our own gaze 
upon Christ and, and for your friends, for your children, for your coworkers, whatever the case may be. I know it may sound cutesy because of the context, but my hope is that we can all turn our hope day by day, moment by moment, because we know that in Romans 8, we were told that those who are predestined are called and then are justified and then are glorified. And we have a promise that we will be glorified one day so I can continually set my hope on Jesus. So point number two today is holiness is to be set apart. So if we started with holiness is Jesus Christ, it starts with Jesus Christ. What then does holiness look like? Verse 20 He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last times for the sake of you, who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. And I love that verse 21. It tells us that we are children of God and because of Jesus, we are believers in God. So to be set apart, meaning being a believer in God, being chosen by God, being Justified by God can often seem more like an idea or a concept because we say, hey, be holy as, as Christ is holy. And it's kind of this, this overarching paradigm or concept that we think about, but we don't often put into to, to practice. But I have a, a great quote from um, one of the books that we actually uh, sell at our, at our resource booth. This was the book that uh, we, we used for our men's retreat. It's called The Whole in Our Holiness by Kevin DeYoung, who's a pastor at Christ Covenant Church in North Carolina. And he puts it like this in regards to the daily activity of holiness. He says, holiness is the sum of a million little things. The avoidance of little evils and little foibles, the setting aside of little bits of worldliness and little acts of compromise, the putting to death of little inconsistencies and little indiscretions, the attention to little duties and little dealings, the hard work of little self-denials and little self-restraints, the cultivation of little benevolences and little forbearances. Now, of course, we do not have that phrase without the understanding that holiness does not come to us apart from Jesus Christ. But when we walk in holiness, we look at that quote as a great example of what it looks like to live a holy life. So we must ask ourselves the question as those who trust in Jesus, what are the little things, the little indiscretions, the little inconsistencies that keep us from walking as a person who is set apart? We know the answer is sin. We know the answer is unbelief. But what are those specific things that we must put to death? If we are to hope fully in Christ, as we're told to in this first part of the verse, we must continually put to death those things. In 2008, uh, Lecrae, who's a Christian hip-hop artist, wrote a song called Desperate on his album Rebel, which is, uh, that album really, really shaped my pursuit of holiness. Um, and it's a song of repentance, this song called Desperate. It's, it's based off Psalm 51, and there's a specific line in there that's kind of shaped how I've fought the sins of my life and often fail, but it says this, I confess to you my sin and you show me mercy. I turn away from it demonstrating that you are worthy. Over lust, over pride, over all sin is my affection for Jesus who died for all of them, them meaning the sins. And I love that because for some reason, when I heard that, that line, I turn away from it demonstrating that you are worthy. It clicked in my mind. 
Because so often we, we, we come before these little sins that we're talking about or big sins, you name it. And we just think, oh, I, I, I don't need to do this. I shouldn't do this. Bible says I shouldn't do this. We kind of look at the morality of the situation. And I'm a person that's, that, that struggles with wanting to do right for morality's sake, not for Christ's sake often. So that really hit me because rather than saying, oh, I shouldn't do this. I shouldn't do this. It's against the rules for me to do this. He said, no, I'm going to not do it because you're better than that. And so before, when I would get into these situations, whether I was about to gossip or my mind was tempted to lust or I was tempted to idolize other things, I would say, no, I need to turn away from it because that, that demonstrates that God is worthy. My affection is greater for God than my affection for sin or my affection for righteousness through the law alone. It was powerful to me because it allowed me to actively set my hope in Christ in that moment. Jesus is better. And the promise that we're given is that, as the word says there, we have been born again in Christ. Holiness begins with Jesus Christ, allows us to be set apart. And then the last point here, holiness is Christ in us. Holiness is Christ in us. Verse 22, having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. Since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and abiding word of God. For all flesh is like grass and all of its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower fails, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And then I love the next part here where it says, uh, and this word is the good news that was preached to you. I love that last line. Brothers and sisters, we've been born again, but not of something that dies and not of something that decays or expires, but of something that is eternal and that never ends. And that is Jesus Christ. You see, when we fail, and we will fail, and you will fail, and we all will fail on a daily basis to put to death those little things, as Kevin DeYoung says, we must trust that Jesus has done the greatest work for us and that he lived a full life of putting to death those little and those big things daily, moment by moment, trusting in the Lord. And he died the death on the cross that those little things caused us to deserve and every one of those little things was put on, on his shoulders, the weight of sin and the weight of God's wrath upon him so that we don't have to. And because of that, because he is blameless, because he is a spotless lamb and he bore those, we are now like him. You are holy in Christ. I am holy in Christ. And we as a covenant people, a covenant bride are holy in Jesus. And this, this is why you can fully set your hope on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. We can put ourselves there in vulnerability. See, at the beginning example, Frankie and community didn't want to be vulnerable. Vulnerable doesn't mean honest, necessarily. It means putting yourself in a position where you're without control. We talk about that in our home groups, being vulnerable. It doesn't just mean opening up and being honest. It means allowing yourself the opportunity to be spoken back to, allowing yourselves in a way, if, 
if the person across from you didn't have your best interest in mind to hurt you. Christ made himself the most vulnerable on the cross so that we don't have to worry about making ourselves vulnerable and giving all of our hearts and minds and strength towards something that by the world's standards would let us down, but what we know by God's standards will never let us down. He has secured holiness for you and for me. So let's let that sink in. Though you are not yet glorified, you are holy in Christ. Though you fall day in and day out, you are holy in Christ. Though you still suffer, and though you are broken and I am broken, you are holy in Christ. So as an admonishment to our church, myself included in our church, may we put to death the little things that keep us from being set apart as a city on a hill. May we put to death the slanderous and profane speech that we all participate in. May we put to death the lustful thoughts that we have. May we put to death our cynicism and our skepticism. And may we put on the righteousness of Christ. So close with this. May each of you walk in vulnerability, setting your hope fully in Christ this morning. Why? Because you've been made holy like a lamb that's without spot or blemish. Because Jesus Christ took your punishment for you, rose again for your eternal life, holds you secure today. You can set your hope on him and he will never fail you. So as we take of the Lord's Supper today, as we sing together, may we do so from a heart that says, yes, Lord, I can fully set my hope on you because you will not let me down because you have made me holy. I can take my next step. I can go to my job this week and put to death little things because I know you have the victory. I can, I can teach children. I can stay home and do the jobs that I need to do. I can do all things today, tomorrow, and the day after because Christ has won the victory for me. And I can set my hope fully on him. And as Peter says, and this word is the good news that was preached to you. Let's stand together. Let's pray together. Lord, we can set our hope fully on you. Because you have died, you rose again, and you never let us down. And when we say things like you never let us down, it's not about our expectations. It's about holding to your word and your expectations, God. So as we take of your communion, may our hearts be refreshed. I pray that if there's someone in this room this morning that has not trusted in you for forgiveness of sins and everlasting life, that their salvation would come to them today according to your word and that we would rejoice at the hope that we have in Jesus. God, as we celebrate through song, may our voices be lifted loudly. May our faith be stirred 
And then day after day this week, may we put to death the little things that beset us because you are worthy. May we turn away from our sin, demonstrating that you are worthy. And we ask all this in your name. Amen.